Hi, welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, Founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Uh, as you know, uh, I'm all about education and of the various different areas of financial planning. You got cash management, tax planning, risk management, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. Uh, for the first time uh, on my show, I actually have a guest who is a client of mine, an individual, and I think it's really neat is because he's almost like a case study for just about every facet of the six areas of financial planning. And I you know, just decided to have him on the show. And uh, he's a friend of mine and subsequently became a client, which is kind of interesting because most people became clients and then became friends afterwards. But um, anyway, Dave, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Dave, I've known him for probably about 15 years now, but um, you live in Pennsylvania. You live in Pennsylvania again now, but um, you've always been in refrigeration and design. So, tell me a little bit about your life, so to speak, after graduating high school. Let's say <laughs> after barely making it through high school. Yeah, the, uh, yeah I uh, I got into refrigeration kind of by accident and uh, wound up working my way as a mechanic for years, and then uh, becoming a partner in a business that worked nationally and some international work. Um, work that was business was in Conshohocken, in Pennsylvania here. Yeah. Yeah. You were uh, a part owner of that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That long ago. Stayed in the, stayed in the business, in the refrigeration business, uh, with several, with a company who did similar work to what my company was, and then became the district sales manager for, uh, Frick Industrial Refrigeration, a division of Johnson Control. Yeah. And I've been with them for the last 15 years. So I've been in, uh, Industrial refrigeration business for about 40 years. Boy, that's amazing. That's amazing. To just to <laughs> even to say 40 years is pretty impressive in itself. You know, the, the thing is, is, you know, one of the things that's most impressive about you is how successful you've been. People feel I must have a college education or a master's degree or whatever. And financially, you've been very successful without having an advanced degree. And I think that's great. Well, I've uh, I've always been a proponent of uh, of education, but education is more what you do with it than how much of it you get. Yeah, right. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, one of the things that you did, and I know we've had these discussions, is you don't let debt get in the way. You don't buy things that you don't need. You, you don't finance and buy stuff that you can't afford. You were always a proponent of you don't borrow the money unless you have the money to pay for it, right? Pretty much. I've been uh, – I ran – the business pretty much the same way. It was more of a, and I try to tell, teach this to young people myself is, you know, if you really want something, fine, get it. But if you're really interested in owning it, save the money and pay cash for it. Right. Because then uh, you'll find out that you don't do much impulse buying because it takes you a while to save your money. That's right. Well, that's a good and, idea. And then you also don't fill up your garage and these storage facilities with stuff that you bought on impulse and don't want anymore. And now it's impulse still paying and, for it. Yeah, right. Impulse and on credit. Yes. You know? So you gotta you're paying to store stuff you haven't even paid for yet. Well, you know, it's funny because what my father used to say is that um, you know, he never he said, Why would I finance a car? He says, I'm gonna pay three hundred dollars a month for five years when I can save two hundred dollars a month for five years. Get ahead of the curve as opposed to be 
behind exactly. the curve. Well, and I, you know, the, the adage of, of financing things, there's, there's certainly time and place for financing things. But for the most part, what I tell folks, because I'm a big proponent with my nieces and nephews and everybody else to do the proper financial planning for yourself, for the, your future. But you don't want to have, I call the banks a parasite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're, you know, you, you get the same amount of stuff, but why pay the bank to get it early? Oh, absolutely. Um, so oh, yeah. you wind up, so my, my business was run that way. I ran my life that way. Um, I'm 62 years old and never paid a penny in credit card interest in my life. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, you know, th there are times for debt. I mean, fact of the matter sure. is, is that, you know, obviously to buy your first house, I imagine you took a mortgage, right? Yeah, I, I, my, I tell people now t today, there's usually only, I used to tell them there's only two things you ever borrow money for, car and a house. Right. Yeah, everything else, if you really want it, save your money and buy it. Today, unfortunately, because of, you know, the cost of education, there's a third item, which oh. most young kids get saddled student with. Loans. The student amazing. Loans. It's amazing. Right. That's going to be a problem that's going to rear its head in this country. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, it already has. <laughs> it actually has, you know, in, in, in many ways that, you know, kids are graduating college with all this massive student loan debt. It's actually inhibiting them from buying a house because effectively the student loan debt may as well be a mortgage. You know, $1,000 a month just oh, yeah. to pay. And they're, they're paying 10 15 years, 20 years to oh, yeah, get absolutely. out from underneath it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it's not a low interest rate. You know, the, the loans are hovering at 7 or 8%. You know, yep. even sometimes down as low as 5 or 6 but still, you know, that's a mortgage in itself. You know, yes, and it's it inhibiting them, not it, just from buying a house, from just getting ahead of the game. It certainly does. I, I certainly agree with that. Unfortunately, with today's world, you know, I was fortunate enough years ago where I was able to get jobs and and do things that I wanted with only a high school education it's much more difficult for young people today uh, that I see to get into the professional world without a college degree that yeah, has a it has a big it helps it's yeah, importance about it that it's overblown in some cases in my opinion but uh, I don't disagree with you in many cases it's some it's somewhat a necessity and it also helps round kids out a little bit more before they get into the what or teacher, grow up teaches them how to party for four years? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay, that's really rounding them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like taking an yep. eighteen-year-old man and turning him into a twenty-one-year-old mm -hmm. boy. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, and well, the thing is too that happens a lot of times, and I see it is is even the kids graduate from college and they find themselves doing uh, work that doesn't require the education, and so why'd you go yeah. to college? It's it's unfortunate that that's how a lot of it works. I mean, you know, I was fortunate where I I wound up getting into a business that I knew nothing about by accident and how I you're think, fortunate you you made your i'm a believer you make your own luck tour you get lucky but you make your own luck if you didn't work hard and you didn't put your nose to the grindstone you wouldn't have gotten to where you are and i believe in that yeah i do too i mean i'm 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 a believer that opportunity knocks on everyone's door sometime throughout their life um, a lot of people sometimes recognize that opportunity and take advantage of it Others sometimes are too lazy to get up off the couch and actually answer the door Well, then, to then, see the opportunity or even recognize that it is one. Yeah, but a good go-getter is knocking on other doors and hoping that opportunity answers it. Sure. You know, and that's... <clears throat> I, didn't, uh, I didn't get anything that I have acquired in life. Handed to you. A, yeah, I didn't, didn't inherit anything, didn't get a nepotism job. Everything I got was oh, hard work. You know what? And Guess what? stepping up and taking risks where I had to and
risk living isn't with a the bad consequences. Thing. Risk isn't a bad thing. I mean, you know, I took a risk with starting up my business. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a big risk. I left a very good paying sure. job to make zero when I started up. So got to have faith in yourself too. Absolutely. Growing my, when I had the company was running the company, it was, um, you know, growth was a double-edged sword. You had to be careful, you know, spending, spending too much to grow. And if it doesn't realize, then you jeopardize what you've already gotten. Right. So well, there's part of risk. there that's risk is always a part of life. So how did you build your wealth? You basically said, you know, I'll go back with, it's amazing what the difference between saving for 30 years, 35 years, or 40 years. You said you've been working for over 40 years. Right. It's remarkable. You started real early putting money away. Right. Tell me about that. Right. Um, yeah, I was in this business for 40 years, but I've been saving for 50. Yeah. Um, I've been I'm fortunate that I had parents that taught me to save money. Yeah. Somewhat forced me to save money. And fact that I was very cheap and didn't have much money. <laughs> so it made it made it very easy to cling to the money that you the little bit of money that you got as you were as you were young. Well I think you were saying you're saving seven dollars a week or something like my that. My first right? my first dollar cost averaging kind of systemic savings started when I got my one of my first jobs when I was I think I was in my late teens, 19 They didn't years have old. 401ks at that time, did they? That time I started saving $7 a week out of my paycheck of $120 at the time. Okay. Um, in a program where you could buy stock. Oh, really? Of the company that I worked for. Yes. Really? They had, that's employee stock purchase programs. Okay. Yes, exactly. And what company was that? It was Synthane Taylor Corporation right here in uh, King of Prussia. Okay. And the company that owned them was called uh, Alco Standard. I don't okay. know if they're still around I, I any don't longer. know. That sounds like that was a public corporation at the time, right? It was a public corporation. Yeah, okay. And what we were able to do with our money at our $7, my $7 a week, was purchase the stock at the lowest quarterly price. Oh, so it was an employee stock purchase program. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... That was how I was able to afford my first house in my yep. mid twenties. I saved seven dollars a week for two and a half years, and it accumulated to four thousand five hundred dollars, which was the which down was payment. Part of the house. down payment for my first house. All right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. back then the houses were a little bit cheaper, but it's amazing, you know. <laughs> but see, the thing is, is that people feel it's very easy to feel like, gee, seven dollars isn't going to get me anywhere. But it's it's amazing how far it will, and even. You're talking in the 70s versus today. Granted, we had a lot of inflation at the time, but still, that would be no different than $30 a week. Well, I'm sure you've had people come on here and talk about the wealth effect, you know, which is basically you start saving money on a systemic basis, you know, on a, on a regular basis, yeah. and you find out that you start to save money and you start to get a bank account and you start to see interest on that account. You start to see some growth in that account. Oh, it gets cool. And right, and then you're like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." Wow, this is seven dollars so is a thousand, and now it's two thousand. Exactly. Now it's four thousand. So that wealth effect is uh, is very powerful to help you to continue to push you to save as much money as you can. Oh, it's motivating. You know, yeah, very that's motivating. The same thing with four hundred one k's. And I was commenting um, in last week's episode, like if, if I didn't have a company match with my first four hundred one k, I probably wouldn't have contributed. But I was contributing six percent. They were matching three percent. 
And before you know it, all of a sudden you're right. It's a thousand, it's five thousand, it's ten thousand, it's twenty thousand. Next thing you know, like, hey, these are real numbers. Yes, it is. You know, it was a beautiful thing. And and the earlier you start, the better that. Oh, that, that's what I was saying. That growth like, is the difference, and it's it's the 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 rule of compounding or the magic of compounding. Yep. I forget who it was that. It might have been Einstein who actually the, the magic of compounding, and it's remarkable the difference between as I indicated saving a hundred dollars a month for thirty years versus forty years. In fact, a quick story for you: two brothers graduated high school. One of them's eighteen, or actually two twin brothers, both eighteen. The one starts saving two thousand dollars a year into an account for eight years and stops. Meanwhile, the other brother doesn't. And at the end of eight years, the first brother stops and the second brother starts. At the age of 65, the one who did it for only eight years still had more money. That's the magic of compounding and the magic of starting early. And how many people graduating from college? Oh my goodness, I can't afford it. You know, you well, just can't. I'm I'm a I'm a big advocate of, of younger people starting to save. Absolutely. No matter what. I mean, even you know, I've I've talked to you about some of the younger people I've run across and, and tried to, you know, get them hooked up with you to start some of these things. But like I said, even that seven dollars a week or ten dollars a week, if you really look at it, what does that represent? A cup of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know. or you know, or a, getting your nails done. And like you said, you add that money up every week. week it adds after up. Week after week. $10 it adds up, adds up to it adds 100 up to, to thousands, oh, to 10,000. In a hurry. Yes. In a hurry. Right. So, yeah, no, I can't agree with you more. Um, we're up on break already. So we'll be back in just one moment. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back with you in a moment. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menninger, founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. I'm Mike Menninger, your host, and I'm here with Dave Bardsley. Um, we were talking during break about, you know, it, it's not how much you save, it's how much you keep of what you're saving, right. which led us into right. taxes. Every, as I, everybody makes a lot of money in their lifetime. It's the few people that are able to keep it. Well, and funny, it's, it, people who also take a look at their paycheck their first time, are like, holy cow. Like, I thought I made $1,000 this week. Why did I come home with 600 So, right. You're actually a case study that I've done um, with my staff in the office, and we talk about it, tax planning. Do not underestimate the impact of taxes on long-term growth. And in fact, we have another case study similar to yours going on with someone in California. So, right. 
people who live in New York and California Some have something states. common, <laughs> right? High tax states, right? Yep. So, so you know what we were doing uh, with Dave, it was really cool. Is in you know you just moved back to Pennsylvania uh, what a couple of years ago last year? Yep. Um, just in time for the lockdown. Yeah, that's right. That's a separate issue in itself. So yeah, so what we were doing, uh, it was pretty cool. Is you know while you're living in New York, New York is tagging you with a six and a half percent state tax, okay, on your earnings. However, New York, like California, okay, in California is like nine, ten, twelve percent. Thirteen um, max. What's that? Thirteen max. Yeah, it gets to twelve in a hurry. Take my yeah. word for it. So um, certain states. And, and when we talked about this from a retirement planning, certain right. states don't tax the money coming out, but they other states give you a tax deduction going in. And just looking at New York, if you put in, let's say you're in a 24% federal tax bracket, you put in $1,000 into your 401k, you're getting a 24 plus a six and a half percent tax break. And you move to Pennsylvania, you take that $1,000 back out. Pennsylvania doesn't charge a tax. There's, so, eight, there's eight states in the country that don't charge tax on retirement. Well, and you're eyeing up two of them, Pennsylvania and Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and exactly. actually, the interesting part about it is that the individual who lives in California, you know, we're going through a retirement planning scenario. He beat me to the punch when he said, hey, I'm thinking about moving to Florida. I'm like, bang. And he's contributing to his Roth 401k. I'm like, whoa, we need to flip that because of the fact that he, he'll be saving, in his case, over 9% right. just in state tax. So you know, you get a gain in your money of like 20% just by the sake of not paying tax. So do not underestimate tax planning. And that's that's a scenario that you and, and I are planning. Planning period. I mean, you, you talk about tax planning, but planning is in and of itself the most, the primary thing you need to do. Absolutely. Um, which is planning to save, planning to retire, planning your growth and how you want to invest. There's so many things that go into that, but planning is, is the primary key. Well, you know, if you don't plan, you know, if you don't have a direction, you don't know where you're going, you don't have that plan. It's very hard to get there. Well, they say a couple of cliches for you. People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And one that right. I found enjoyable, the Marine Corps major said proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Seven P's. We had, a, well, we had it on we, the wall a, of our company. There's an extra word in there, too, that we left yep. out. Proper prior preparation prevents poor Perfor performance. Right, exactly. 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 Yeah, we had you know that what? on the it's wall true. of our company with all of our employees. Really? We said the same thing. Well, we you had know it what? It's, it's absolutely right lobby. the truth. It's absolutely the truth. And, and, you know, and, and that's how I run all of the business. You know, when I say the business, all of my financial planning I do for clients, well, you need, it's planning first. Well, you need to treat yourself as a business. Um, I mean, that's, I think, where a lot of people don't recognize the, the requirements of planning and saving. Um, you know, with any business, you know, unless you're a philanthropist, there's one reason we are in business. To make money. And it's not to do refrigeration, which is what right. I'm in, or sell bagels or coffee. It's to make money. Right. You know, that's your primary goal. If you don't make money, all that other stuff is meaningless. Right. So you need, and the whole point of, you know, retirement and, and yourself is you want to make money and have that opportunity to, you know, retire nicely or retire at all in some well, people's cases. And you need to treat yourself like a business, save that money, you know, have that plan, 
you know, well, work towards those goals. The, the interesting part about it is, you know, I haven't worked in this industry for over 20 years. I've had the opportunity to um, meet people of all ages. And for those people that I've been working with for 20 years, it's enabled me to watch demographics. And one of the things that I have found is that it's remarkable. It's almost like your eyes go bad when you're 40. It's when you're 60 plus or minus two, it's remarkable how people just get tired and tired of it. And medical events happen. And so unfortunately, those people who hadn't planned for many years find themselves in a tough situation, particularly if they can't work. A medical event, a heart, some type of disability, now all of a sudden, they're stuck. And had they just done, as you pointed out, just that $7 a week makes all the difference in the world when you're 60 to be able to say, I can leave on my terms and not be in a position where I have to work even when I don't want to. Right. And you know, that's the position you put yourself in. Yep. I, uh, that was my, I had that goal in mind when I was in my 20s, probably. Of course. I, I wanted to. You know, I didn't want money to be the driving force in my life. So I made it the driving force in my life well, I was say. at the beginning of my <laughs> life so that in later in life, it didn't dominate or dictate what I could do in life. You mean like you've been threatening to retire for three years now, but it's hard to? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, circumstances come along. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, there's, you know, the the... Like I said, the sooner you plan for these things, you know, and have that goal, the better you are to achieve them. And as you mentioned, um, I'm fortunate. My wife and I are both fortunate that, you know, we're at a point in our lives where we have a choice yeah. because we did the things that we needed to do early on, earlier in life. Oh, and we, absolutely. And we do that. And I encourage people to do that when they're young because you have the energy you have, you know, the, time. the energy and the time, time. You, have, on your side. Oh my you have time. Yes. You have time to compound those positive things you do in your life. Absolutely. And um, they will compound the negative things if you don't aren't careful in, in letting that time get away from you. I can't begin to tell you how many people have virtually nothing and they're almost 50. You know, but, uh, I've got but friends, when I see I've got that, friends that are my age and older that have nothing. Yeah. Well, you and know, and you feel sorry for them and you know they're like you can't you can't make it up in 3 years. No, but but when someone who's 50 or 52 comes to see me and they're ashamed and a lot of believe it or not a lot of people don't come to see me because they're ashamed yeah and i'm like you know what take that shame and leave it at the door and forget what's not never, let's it's look never forward too late to start that's correct it's never too late never to start. too late to start <clears throat> you know and put yourself in a position first of all you know whenever you're dealing with the financial plan it's the cash management first try to put away and get rid of that debt because that debt is costing you hard-earned money to be paying the bank the interest. Well, that's that's where somebody like yourself comes in. Um, you know, I've been fortunate. I've been a I've been a numbers person my whole life, and as you know, we've been friends for a long time. You got into business. I didn't even work with you in the very right. first few years you were in business because I managed most of my own money. Sure. Um, but it's a it's a thing of numbers. I mean, you know, you're, you know, why give banks a hundred dollars a month out of your paycheck, which you're already complaining isn't enough, right? You know, just to get something a year earlier, two years it's earlier. Silly. It, it, it's silly. It's crazy, and and those are the things that that can shackle people and cause them 
some pretty much big heartache later on in life? Well, is the decisions you make and the plans that you don't make early on in life? Oh, planning also has to include the what ifs, because the only thing that you can guarantee about a plan is it never goes to plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. You you got to have contingencies. You got to have, you know, and by the way, that's a lot of what we do for our planning is all the contingencies. Yeah. You got to make sure that people are adequately insured. I'm not here to sell. Nobody has the crystal ball that tells and dictates or gives you the future. So, I mean, what you really have to do is, is make your best, make a plan. Right. Start with a plan and have that plan flexible enough that you can make those, do those contingencies, do those things that you need to do to, you know, mitigate changes in the economy and your job or anything else that comes along. Taxes, where are you going to live? Health. You know, and, and health, you're absolutely correct. And, and so, and I can, you know, you know me, I, I never, I, I always look at the tax impact first. I mean, not that I look at it first. Well, I do look at it first, but people fail to realize the impact of taxes and the, the role it can play. And, and, you know, now you're approaching the time with which you can, you're eligible to begin collecting Social Security. Well, when right. you eventually retire, like you've been threatening for 10, 15, 20 years. <laughs> it's getting longer by the time the episode's yeah. over. It could be 45 years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway. It's coming, so, it's coming soon. Well, you know, it, and, and estate planning is something that also people think of. Um, and that's something that I kind of roped you in. I said, you know, yeah, the, you I, need to I think have, about it. I have watched, you know, as you, you go through life, and I've watched many people react to you know, they, they have reactive plans, which basically means I don't have a plan. Right, right. I have no plan. Something happens and I got, now I got to react. Right. It's um, not a plan. A simple thing, like we talked about student loans, a simple thing I co-signed for student loans for my niece, you know, and she was going back to grad school and there was in the tune of fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 worth of student loans. You know, and I called the bank up because I'm not a one to borrow money. Right, right, right. And I said to the bank, I said, well, so if something happens to my niece, you know, they said, yeah, you're stuck with that $60,000 loan. Hung up the phone, called my niece and said, go get a life insurance policy. Exactly. By the way, I was going to say that. Um, because, you know, if something, and this is what really compounds, you know, it's a simple thing. And her at her age, a college age student, you know, $100,000 life insurance policies, maybe Chunk change. 100 bucks, bucks a year. A, yeah, 10 bucks a month. 120 bucks say. a year. Absolutely. Yep. You know what? I, I've actually done the same but thing. But the tragedy of a, of a youngster having something happen to them and then your whole entire rest of your family impacted because oh. of that debt you're burdened with on top of that. It's, and it's so easy to it's so easy to mitigate that. It is. It, you know, I actually had that situation with someone who had multiple children. OK, and same thing. He had a lot of loans. I like, oh, you got to do. And, and it was a great idea. And it was right. It was cheap. 100,000, and we tailored it to how much the loans were and everything else like that. Yep. So, so same, good. Same thing happens with, with your estate planning when it comes to your family and, your, and yourself, if you should pass away um, individually. Um, another friend of mine worked for a company. His grandfather owned the company, but didn't have an, uh, a will or an estate plan. Oh, my goodness. No got, will? Got remarried to a... Oh, here we go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to a young woman, and the whole business transferred over to her. She fired all the rest of the family that worked for them. That By the way, built that business. That for, was her estate plan. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that was her financial plan. And I've I've seen other people where they've you know 
they cohabitated for 20 or 30 years. They may not have been married. And the, one of the partners pass away and the kids come and take the house yep. that you that you built and That's you right. and you paid for. I know. But because it was in their name, you're, That's you're out of luck. Inadequate or lack of estate planning. Believe it or not, Dave. And that's where someone like yourself and a financial planner that looks at the big picture, treats it like a business, looks at that big picture, pays tremendous dividends well, in the long term of your financial health and your family's at the big health. Picture and then looking at all the little pictures within the big picture. That's, believe it or not, we're already up against and beyond time, if you can believe that. Um, so thank you for viewing. We talked about a lot of things today. And I think fundamentally, the most important thing that Dave really reiterated, because he's been through the ringer, you know, he's been working for over 40 years, put himself in a position where, you know, he's financially independent. He can work because he wants to, or he can quit because he wants to. That's the whole idea of financial independence. But ultimately, the theme of the show is planning, you know, and, and that's plan. something that I've lived. You got to develop a plan. And start. And start soon. So I thank you very much for coming, for enjoying. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you, Dave, for joining. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for viewing.